0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello, and welcome to the 2022 Japanese Grand Prix recap episode here. Um, Short race, to say the least. I believe the lap counter only just ticked over half of the actual model laps they were supposed to run due to the time crunch. But we're going to get into the action anyways. I'm going to do a little weekend warm-up. Go over some storylines from the weekend, go over my predictions, and yeah, that's the whole episode here. <laughs> so, a uh, weekend warm-up for the Japanese Grand Prix. Mick Schumacher crashed out of FP1 after a practice start. After the time was out, the session was technically over. Excuse me. All the drivers go back around on their final laps to do a practice start, and uh, Mick, after doing his practice start, trying to return to the garage, crashed through 130R, um, he came on the radio and said that he aquaplaned off the road, but regardless, it's another crash to add to Haas's repair bill this season, and Mick would end up missing out on all of FP2 as the team changed the chassis out yet again for Schumacher. Nicholas Latifi tried a different way out of the Suzuka circuit in FP2, heading towards the Casio Triangle at the end of the lap. Nicholas Latifi tried to take a different way around the Suzuka circuit, turning. At the part of the track that connects the Casio Triangle to the opening S's of the circuit, Latifi admitted it was his mistake, saying he was changing some dials on his steering wheel and looked up in time to see the turn and panicked, taking it and thinking that he was about to miss the whole chicane at the end of the lap, when in actuality it was just a dead-end side road that he was taking the turn for. Uh, Max Verstappen took pole for the race. Charles Claire would start alongside him on the front row. Carlos Sainz and Sergio Perez would take the second row, with Esteban Alcon taking P5 ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Fernando Alonso and George Russell would be in row four, starting ahead of Sebastian Vettel and Lando Norris to round out the top ten on the grid. Uh, Max Verstappen did have a close moment during qualifying. Max was trying to get temperature in his tires at 130R and hit the gas to put some temperature into the rear tires. Um, The car went close to 45 between 45 and 90 degrees sideways, and Lando Norris almost ran right into the side of him, coming up quick behind him, and had to go to the grass to avoid contact, and Verstappen would end up being handed a reprimand for this incident. Pierre Gasly would start the race from the pit lane. The AlphaTauri team announced that they would use a different spec wing, on the rear end of the car than the one that they qualified with forcing the soon-to-be-departed driver to start from the pit lane and p20 nicholas latifi would start from p19 last on the grid after his five-place grid drop following the pinching of Zhou guanyu at the singapore grand prix last time out leading to both drivers retiring from the race so how about a wet start to the japanese grand prix the rain was nothing like singapore just a light persistent shower falling over the suzuka circuit Around 40 minutes before lights out, the radars were looking like the rain would stay the same, maybe even get heavier throughout the Grand Prix. Everyone would start the race on intermediate tires, something most drivers said they thought would be the tire for the entirety of the race. That was a lot of tire in that. That was a bit ridiculous. But anyways, let's get into the Grand Prix recap. Max Verstappen would take the early lead from Charles Leclerc after getting a poor start off the line and battling through the first two corners. Sebastian Vettel behind spun at turn one on the start. He went around the outside of Fernando Alonso and couldn't see through the spray and turned into turn one before he got to turn one and ran into the side of Fernando Alonso, which sent his Aston Martin spinning. Carlos Sainz crashed on the opening lap at the hairpin section, causing a safety car to come back out after safety car um test lap you know the the lap they do to make sure the track is safe before the race the safety car immediately had to come back out because of carlos signs crash pierre Gasly ended up hitting a piece of rolex advertisement and getting it stuck in the front of his car with the front wing broken and all underneath of it signs would get out of the car as we see alex Albon stepping stopping sorry on the side of the road his car also having a failure Gasly would pit at the end of the lap to remove the Rolex advertisement and to replace his front wing. Uh, then like the most controversial moment of the race, uh, Pierre Gasly in, then encounters the recovery vehicle or tractor on his way to catching up to the safety car queue. This coming after the fatal accident of Jules Bianchi at the same circuit in the same conditions eight years before. Um, At the end of lap two, race control brings out the red flag to help clean up the debris since the spray is too bad for the cars to see. And when Gasly got out of the car, he was visibly frustrated and upset. And talking to team personnel in the garage area, you could see him throwing his hands up and raising his voice. Just extremely upset about the whole incident. About 40 minutes after the race originally began, race control announces that the race would resume 50 minutes after the original start. Use of the wet tires would be mandatory, drivers would follow the safety car for more than one lap, and there would be a rolling start instead of a standing start. One minute prior to the scheduled restart, race control suspends the restart without a definite timeline for resuming the race, with a minimum of 10 minutes notice required to be given for a restart. Sebastian Vettel's team got on the radio and told them they think the restart would be at least 30 minutes away at the earliest. One hour... In 15 minutes after the original race start, the time clock replaces the lap counter on the timing screens, meaning we won't be getting the full race distance in the Japanese Grand Prix. Andreas Seidel, the McLaren team boss, said in an interview with TV Direction that he thought it would be... Let me see what i'm trying to say in this he said with about an hour and a half left on the clock that he doesn't feel like the race will even take place saying that he might have a pessimistic view of it but the radar doesn't look promising regardless Otmar Safnauer, the alpine team boss said that he wishes race control would at least let the cars go around the track on wet tires behind the safety car to make a more informed decision on whether or not the race should be restarted or not With the controversial takes that usually follow Atmar, he also adds that they should have learned from Spa last season, saying, quote, maybe we should have started this race an hour earlier, since they knew this weather was coming well in advance. Race Control says that the race will resume with 45 minutes left on the three-hour race clock, two hours and 45 minutes after the original race start. I don't know where you were watching this race from, but me in uh, America, um, this was about oh 2 15 in the morning we were getting this notification and i was just trying to keep my eyes open for the restart um this was this was a rough one to try to watch um the safety car would lead the drivers out on the track with 45 minutes left on the clock um trying to get as many laps done as possible race control saying there would be a rolling start same as how the original restart was supposed to go on the safety car laps a few drivers had a few different takes on the race Um, So I'm just going to go through a handful of them now. Lewis Hamilton, track feels fine. Esteban Ocon, visibility is much better so far. Charles Leclerc said getting better, I think. And Sergio Perez said conditions are better so far. But then once you got from the front of the field down to the middle and back of the field, you heard people like Valtteri Bottas say still visibility is too poor when there's cars ahead and daniel ricardo saying track conditions are not too bad in most places with visibility being the biggest problem right now max verstappen even got on the radio at one and said i think it's raining a bit more now isn't it so it seemed like the conditions weren't getting any better than they already had been still four minutes after re-entering the circuit the safety car ends up coming in for the race to resume with a rolling start as planned 40 minutes remaining and we went back racing. Sebastian Vettel and Nicholas Latifi decided to come into the pits to change to intermediate tires, trying to gain an advantage on the rest of the field. Race control then announces an investigation into an unsafe release by Vettel in front of Latifi during the pit stop. Valtteri Botas and Lando Norris stop on the next lap for intermediate tires as well. Lewis Hamilton saying, just letting you know it's extreme wets right now, mate, with his race engineer, Bono, coming back and saying, copy, just letting you know we're losing a lot of time to intermediates. Um, I don't remember the exact delta difference between the intermediates and the wets, but it was something like Sebastian Vettel was two or three seconds faster than the guys at the front um, when he put on his intermediate tires, being at the back of the track with no spray in front of him. So he's going to make up his pit stop at about five to ten laps. Um, Verstappen and Leclerc both pit for intermediates on the next lap, followed by Perez, Alcon, Hamilton, and Russell. Basically, everyone not named Fernando Alonso, Daniel Ricciardo, and Mick Schumacher. Those three guys staying out. Russell comes back out in P14 and tells the team that was the worst decision we could have made. And he was talking about the fact that the Mercedes cars were stacked in the pit lane with the stops of Lewis and himself going back to back. Fernando Alonso pits on the next lap, as well as Daniel Ricciardo, Mick Schumacher being told by the Haas pit wall that they are waiting for the possibility of a safety car to catch a cheap pit stop and gain a track position advantage. At this point of the race, Verstappen and Leclerc are two seconds per lap faster than the rest of the field, and Mick Schumacher is falling down the order while the team holds him out on the wet weather tires. Finally, with 28 minutes left in the race, Haas decides to bring Mick in to get the intermediate tires. Unfortunately for Mick, the delayed decision means he rejoins the track in P18, last of the remaining runners in the race. George Russell tells the team that the brakes on his car feel like the Singapore qualifying, where he couldn't get the car to stop sporadically throughout the lap and ran wide at multiple corners. Lewis Hamilton's engineer says everyone seems to be struggling with the fronts too and commentary starts talking about the possibility of multiple stops being needed with intermediates and seeing who has been saving the tires and just burning right through them. In a case of that, Charles Claire is about one and a half seconds back on Verstappen each lap for a few in a row before Verstappen is forced to slow down to cool the front tire temps. George Russell overtakes Yuki Sonoda at the Dunlop Curve with 22 minutes remaining, George coming on the radio and saying, that was a good move, wasn't it? tried to do my best George Russell impression there I don't think it was very good but on the same lap Russell then overtook Lando Norris at the Casio triangle for p9 Charles Leclerc asks the team his Ferrari pit wall how many positions he would lose if they should stop for new tires when the team tells him five positions which means coming back out behind Fernando Alonso in p7 Leclerc just never asks again for the rest of the race as he realizes it must be a pointless endeavor really um bono would tell hamilton alcon is making noises about pitting and hamilton replied by saying yeah just make sure we undercut him then um it's quickly looking like many dry drivers <laughs> sorry are going to need multiple stops to make it to the end of the race and i was wondering about max verstappen at this point as he was 14 and a half seconds of Charles Leclerc. i was just kind of wondering at this point is verstappen pushing or is it Leclerc struggling or is he trying to save his tires I guess it was kind of a mixture of both of those, or the three things. Um, Joe Guan Yu pits for a second set of enters with 15 minutes remaining in the Grand Prix, and he ended up being something like five seconds a lap faster than some of the people on track. Not everybody, obviously, or he probably would have won the race, but compared to some people, he was somewhere between two and five seconds faster per lap. Stroll and Gasly would follow suit on the next lap. George Russell passed Nicholas Latifi for P8 in the same spot that he pulled off the move on Yuki Tsunoda. Um, Sergio Perez, <laughs> on this lap, got on the radio and asked his race engineer and said, Are you sleeping? As he had had no recent radio transmissions while Perez was reeling in Charlotte Leclerc for P2. Ten minutes remaining in the race and Verstappen Leclerc, Perez, Aukon, Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso, Russell, Latifi, and Norris are in the points-paying positions, or at least the top 10. should tell you that at this point in the race, it was uncertain whether the whole, excuse me, top 10 would be receiving points or not, with the not full race distance being um, completed. Fernando Alonso pit for a fresh set of enters dropping down to P10 with 7 minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the race, and we have Sergio Perez all over Charles Leclerc for P2 with 7 minutes remaining. With 5 minutes left in the race, we had Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, Esteban Ocon, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, George Russell, Fernando Alonso, Nicholas Latifi, and Lando Norris in the top 10. Verstappen was over 20 seconds ahead of the battle for P2 between Leclerc and Perez. Verstappen, with about two minutes left, asked if they were going to pit for new tires, and his engineer told him no. (laughs) Smart move. Um, Alonso would overtake George Russell for P7 on the final lap. Perez and Leclerc coming within inches of a collision at the hairpin on the final lap. So the results of this race, Max Verstappen wins the Japanese Grand Prix. Uh, Charlotte Claire on track finished P2 and Sergio Perez finished P3 after Leclerc cut the final chicane following a lockup and pinched Perez towards the grass on the exit of the final corner. After the race Charlotte Claire was given a five second time penalty for leaving the track and gaining an advantage meaning Perez would end up taking P2 after Leclerc finished there on track. The rest of the point scorers were Esteban Ocon, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Fernando Alonso, George Russell, Nicholas Latifi, and Lando Norris, Nicholas Latifi would move back up to P20 in the championship standings with his first points of the season. Retirements from the race were Carlos Sainz and Alexander Albon. There's your Grand Prix recap. (laughs) So, some storylines coming into the weekend. We had some rumors of budget caps being busted. I was really excited to discuss this topic straight away after the race, only for the FIA to announce that they were delaying the announcement to the Monday after the Japanese Grand Prix. So, This episode's a little late. I'm sorry. So the update to that, Red Bull have been found guilty of minor overspending of the 2021 budget cap by the FIA, but has yet to be given a penalty. When I say minor, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers, just so you know, because the minor overspending of the budget cap of 145 million pounds is 7 million pounds. So if you want to call that a minor overspend, there you go. The FIA's cost cap administration will now enter into a settlement with Red Bull Racing, referred to as an accepted breach agreement. Uh, If no agreements can be reached between the two, the case will be referred to the cost cap adjudication panel made up of independent judges to decide on the penalty for the team. Aston Martin have also been found to have had a quote-unquote procedural breach, but they are likely to get a monetary fine similar to that of Williams. Williams, if you didn't know, failed to submit the paperwork on the cost cap expenditures on time and the team was forced to pay a fine. I couldn't find an article saying the exact amount they were forced to pay, but I want to say it was something in the region of 50,000 pounds or 50,000 euros, something like that. So not anything crazy, but still a fine nonetheless for not doing something correct in terms of the cost cap paperwork. Um, all seven of the all other teams, the other seven teams, were uh confirmed as to have complied with with the cost cap without any sorts of breaches procedural or monetary um the next storyline i had was the fight for fourth and the constructors mclaren came into the weekend leading alpine by four points in the battle for best of the rest in the constructors behind red bull ferrari and mercedes after the race with mclaren only finishing p10 and p11 and alpine finishing p4 and p7 alpine take back the fourth place and the constructors by a margin of 13 points with four races remaining on the calendar then we were talking about mercedes still trying to win after looking threatening in fp2 in the wet um, losing out on the dry losing out in the dry conditions i'm sorry of fp3 and qualifying and not making the crucial overtakes during the race The Mercedes is still stuck winless this season, and the challenges will only get harder. Interlagos and Coda seem like the last two true chances chances to win a race this season for the Silver Arrows, the cars only really being competitive at a handful of circuits on the calendar this season. The last storyline I had coming into the race was the Red Bull title time, with Charles Leclerc coming home in P3 Max Verstappen became the 2022 Formula 1 world champion. least for the drivers anyways now it's just a matter of time before red bull can make it the constructor's title matching their driver's championship it's possible to have happened next time out at the united states grand prix but it's something even christian horner admitted will probably come further down the line so some storylines from this specific race we have silly season about to wrap up baby pierre gasly is confirmed to going to is confirmed to be going to alpine next season i'm so sorry um, the Worst Kept Secret in the Paddock is out now, and Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon will form the all-French lineup for the Endstone Outfit next season. This should be an interesting pairing as Ocon and Perez... I'm sorry, this should be as interesting of a pairing as Ocon and Perez at Racing Point forced India back in 2017-2018 days as Ocon and Gasly don't like each other. Most notably, Ocon not be willing to talk to Gasly at all, although after I type this whole note sheet up, Um, The story came out that Esteban Ocon was reached out to by the team in terms of signing Gasly and said that he would definitely be willing to talk out the differences that they have and work together in terms of benefiting the team. Whether that means they become best friends or not, I don't know, but at least he's willing to put aside the differences to make the team better. So now that the Alpha Tower was open, Nick DeVries is going to be fill... Sorry. Nick DeVries is going to be filling it for Pierre Gasly. Um, replacing Pierre Gasly at AlphaTauri will be Nick DeVries. Helmut Marco picked him um, to have another Dutchman possibly drive alongside Max Verstappen in the senior team in the future. Even this weekend during practice and qualifying, commentators have said there's a good possibility that should Sergio Perez struggle, we could see Nick DeVries do what Alex Albon did to Pierre Gasly and storm it into the senior team. Max Verstappen, by the way, nudged Nick DeVries to call Helmut Marko about the seat once he knew Pierre Gasly would not be returning to it. The last little bit of evident or evidence. <laughs> Jesus me. Um, last little piece of news I have in terms of silly season, Daniel Ricciardo confirmed he would not be on the grid next season. After Alpine's announcement of the Gasly-Alcon pairing, Ricciardo said that it pretty much confirmed he wouldn't be on the grid next season. NASCAR and the Mercedes reserve driver role seem like the two most likely destinations for Ricardo, but me personally here, I still think if he leaves Formula 1 entirely that he won't be getting any calls to return it with the way this season has gone. So the open seats now, Williams are a confirmed open seat with Nicholas Latifi leaving at the end of the season. Mick Schumacher may be gifted a lifeline in Formula 1 with Yost Capito, the Williams team boss, being fond of Mick but Logan Sargent is the Williams junior driver who just needs to finish in the top six in Formula 2 this season to have the Super License points to become eligible for driving in Formula 1. Logan Sargent is scheduled to run an FP1 session for Williams at the United States Grand Prix, so I would be surprised if they made their decision before then. Wondering why I'm talking about Mick Schumacher going to Williams. That is because Haas is assumed to be having an open seat, the thought being that Mick Schumacher is on the way out the door. Haas wants a more experienced driver and sure-handed behind the wheel than what Mick Schumacher offers Gunther Steiner going as far as to say he doesn't want to have any rookies in his car anymore. The two most common names tossed around in reports are Nico Hülkenberg and Antonio Giovinazzi, both former Formula One drivers. My take on this situation is if we're getting rid of Schumacher entirely, which I would not, I would rather see Antonio Giovinazzi between these two drivers. Hülkenberg has had his chance in multiple teams and multiple generations of cars and still holds the record for most Grand Prix starts without a podium finish. Giovinazzi, on the other hand, seemed to be just getting to grips with an F1 car when he was let go by Alfa Romeo after the 2021 season. Then the last storyline from the race has to be about the FIA and safety. As mentioned above, Pierre Gasly encountered a recovery vehicle on track while catching up to the safety car queue eight years after Jules Bianchi lost his life at the same circuit after crashing into a recovery vehicle in the wet in Suzuka. This comes after um, there was a... I'm sorry, I'm going to restart that point again. I am so tired. (laughs) This news and the events came after there was a tractor recovering Daniel Ricciardo's McLaren at the end of the Italian Grand Prix in Monza while the rest of the field ended the race under safety car conditions. Sebastian Vettel raised a concern that there may have been a recovery vehicle or Marshall on track under green flag conditions in Singapore just last race as well. In my head, I'm picturing that Seb is talking about the Alexander Albon incident where the race resumed while the marshals were still grabbing the front wing that was pinched underneath a barrier. The FIA put out two separate statements during the race, one seemingly to try to put the blame on Pierre Gasly for the near-miss with the tractor, and the second requesting that Gasly would meet with the stewards after the race to explain why he was going so fast under red flag conditions. Um, In Pierre Gasly's defense, though, the red flag didn't come out until he was maybe 100 meters away from the tractor, and even from the onboard camera, he wasn't even able to see it until he was within 20 meters of the tractor itself. So the FIA has got some explaining to do, and it's already announced it's looking into it and investigating the situation to see what even happened as everyone put them on blast this weekend as having an unacceptable act like the tractor being on track with cars moving. So now we're going to go over my predictions for the race, and oh boy, strap in because these did not go well at all. I said Charles Leclerc would score pole position. Max Verstappen took pole by less than three hundredths of a second, denying Charles and my prediction by the slimmest of margins. My next prediction was that Mercedes would finish on the podium. Not even a sniff of that. Lewis Hamilton in fifth was the closest shout and he had an Alpine in his way of challenging for the podium the entirety of the race. Another L. Mick Schumacher to score points was my third prediction. Not a chance. The team didn't do much to help with the horrible strategy call, but Mick also wasn't the best this weekend either. Still an L. Sergio Perez to finish out beside the top five this time. I guaranteed it, and man, signs did not help me out on this one at all. Having a terrible start and then crashing out on the first lap as the only one to really challenge Checo um, from behind rather than allow him to run free towards Charles Leclerc ahead of him. No safety car, and this one was over before the first lap. Carlos Sainz's crash and Alexander Albon's retirement forcing a full safety car and eventually the rain forcing a red flag. 0 for 5. I think that's the first time I've at least not hit one. Man, that's bad. Um, Last but not least, my podium prediction. I predicted Charles Leclerc, Lewis Hamilton, and Max Verstappen. The actual was Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc. Well, that was my 2022 Japanese Grand Prix recap. I will be here next time for the U.S. Grand Prix preview for you. But until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.